You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Okay, so here's the intro concept. It's the theme song to TV's Dinosaurs, which starts out like all Godzilla-y, and then Earl Sinclair shows up, and he's like, Honey, I'm home. But Josh could go, Nerd Overload, I'm home, since he's back from Origins. And then we play the rest of the like the wacky dinosaur theme song from there. Okay, yeah, oh, sure. Okay, I, I like that idea. I like where you're getting with this. One question. Who, outside of the people in this room, would remember the theme song to Dinosaurs and this, the year of our Lord 2019? Good point. <laughs> it's Nerd Overload. <laughs> hey, I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And I'm Cody. We have a great show for you this week. Boom, 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 It always in my head turns into the athletic theme from Yoshi's Island. The first thing I think of when I think of dinosaurs is always... Not the mama. <laughs> no, no. I This is not from the show, but I think of Walk the Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Song. Because, th- but that's not from that. Did, that's didn't from. They, didn't they play that? Didn't they play that in Theodore Rex? They played it in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I think they played it in Theodore Rex, too. They, you might I, it's right. got to be in Theodore Rex. You would talk about well. movies like like things that no one remembers. Theodore Rex. Oh, I, oh, I can't not remember Theodore with, Rex, with Whoopi no matter Goldberg. how hard I try. <laughs> We're back, a dinosaur story. Yeah, Josh is back. We have a great show. We're going to talk about some news and stuff, but first, let's do some things we've been checking out. Josh, you have a lot of things to check out. You were, oh, on, you no. were on assignment. Oh, no, I wasn't really on assignment. You're on the say. spot. Ah, I went to the Origins Game Fair in Columbus, uh, which is the annual board gaming. I mean, it's kind of grown a bit beyond that now, but for the most part, still hobby gaming convention it's probably one like one of the bigger ones out there yeah next to like gen con gen which con. is in august that's the other big one yeah and, and i tell you it and di- not in ohio <laughs> yes in indianapolis mm-hmm. still sort of close though yeah it's it's it, drivable it's doable yeah but doable. it, it kind of like makes you realize how big like the board gaming tabletop hobby has grown because this year was huge like they had all three of the giant event halls really at the convention. Wow, that's wow. impressive. Yeah, like not even Wizard World can do that. No, Wizard World just does the one. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen it. I've never been to a con that was more than one hall. Yeah, it was three halls and they opened up all the side doors so the, the three rooms were connected. Wow. But uh that's impressive. the way the setup was, it was kind of ingenious mm-hmm. on how they did it. So you come down the stairs to the escalator to the main event or the main lobby of the convention center, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the causeway. And uh, the first door you come to is the first game hall they wanted to call it, I think. So it was just a bunch of like tables set up and people just playing different gaming events, uh, depending on the company, like the, you know, the WizKids tournaments for like HeroClix and Dice Masters and Attack yeah. Wing and all that stuff. Those events were going on. The next hall was the exhibition hall. So all the vendors mm-hmm. and people showing different things like and where you could actually purchase things and they were all nude no no oh wait that's, that's the, the exhibitionist uh, hall. okay <laughs> i mean it could have worked for the weekend um <laughs> and then the and then the next hall was another gaming hall wow but yeah and then the, of course it's origin so there's stuff going on all over the convention center like sure there was a room there was like a like a side area for just like steve jackson games so like the munchkin and all that stuff no mead hall, though, unfortunately. Right? Sorry, I'm very punchy today, apparently. <laughs> there was an, there's enough Viking games out there. There, there could have been a mead hall somewhere. <laughs> and then the, like upstairs, the upstairs areas was like, you know, all the, like, the Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. whatnot, that they always have going on. Shadowrun had a big showing this year. Huh. Oh, cool. I'm riding on the coattails of cyberpunk pseudo-fantasy stuff. Sure, sure. I think a new actually I think a new edition of of Shadowrun actually came out at Origins. Like it premiered at Origins. I didn't know they were still doing Shadowrun. Yeah, it's like uh, I think a newer a different company has picked it up, picked up the license for it. Interesting. Um, kind of like kind of like Vampire. Yeah, a uh, new Vampire uh, just came out too. Um, yeah, I'd love to play that, but nobody would ever play Vampire with me. <laughs> it's it's a hard sell. In my personal experience, people I've run into that get really into Vampire, I don't want to play with them. So <laughs> I would only play vampire in a sense where I could play as 
someone from What We Do in the Shadows. Right? Yeah. Like, right? just the worst vampire. <laughs> Maybe we should play vampire. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What, what else? What We Do in the Masquerade. <laughs> I love it. Nice. I love it. Perfect. That's that's a podcast yep. name right that's there. It. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Trademark. One. Do not steal. Yeah. Um, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Man, there was so much going on. Okay. Well, let me focus this a yes. little. Yes. How did your amp guard g- go? Man, we were busy. Yeah? We were busy. Bu- we were busy on Wednesday, the first day, and we're generally never that busy. Okay. On the, but we had people like about, I want to say either right before lunch or after the lunchtime general rush, we get slammed. And there's like, and we had like mm-hmm. so many people like. <laughs> Every, everybody's full of subway and ready to smack each other with swords. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Subway and bad sushi. Yeah, I didn't have the sushi, but <laughs> I did have I did have some Subway for the best. One year at a con, there I had the sushi. Oof! I've made better decisions in my mm. life. Let me put it that way. I went to that. Uh, I went to that Barley's uh, Tavern across the street from the convention oh, center. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, um, right on. I mean, one they had a coupon in the book to get a, a pint glass with like the Origins logo and stuff on oh, it. That's for oh, that's free. Excellent. Okay. So I got that. I couldn't go into the Brucadia uh, Barcade. Because mm. it was being held for a private event, oh. I was like, "Oh, man, there's a new barcade over there." Yeah, it was there last year. Huh? Yeah, it's it's in the same complex. There's also a Mikey's Late Night Slice, like right there too. Nice, excellent. Uh, last year they was their first open, and it was so busy. Anyway, that's food, but they did have this sh- this cocktail drink for Origins called the Ecto Cooler. <laughs> oh, perfect! It was pretty good. Uh, it could have probably stood to have more um, Midori in it. It was, okay. it was kind of a light green. Anyway, yeah. we were busy. Uh, a lot of our crafting classes were sold out. So like the bow making class and the you know leather working, chain mail, a lot of stuff. And then we had people fighting constantly on our <laughs> battleground area. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, we were we were so busy. It was a good time though. Cool. Lots of people. And then our our nighttime RP tavern we've started last year. Okay. Was just gangbusters. Like at one point we had like. We had more con goers in the room than we had like the amp guard volunteers. What is the RP Tavern? Yeah. It's just kind of this thing where we just, a lot of people will assume characters, like as far as us volunteers go, and we can do certain class abilities and things. And there's like, you know, just kind of schleb it up and like RP a little bit and then play bar games. Oh, cool. Like we're playing, we were playing cards and uh, played a lot of Shut the Box. You ever play Shut the Box? No. It's this dice rolling game where you have like this wooden box that has numbers on it, and when you when you roll the dice, whatever you got on the dice, either a combination or basically the sum has to be. And you can shut the different numbered tabs, and the goal of the game is to shut all the numbered tabs to win. And we were like betting fake gold coins and stuff like for that. So so it's like improv rent fair with with games. And Kinda. That's, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. and we have like we have that. like mixed drinks that are non-alcoholic. We had a few different flavors this year. Right on. I designed a label for one of them. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, then there's like these these bardic musician guys that were playing farther up the convention came to visit us and stuff. Cool. And they did like a little impromptu concert. Excellent. Jamming out on their lute. Yeah. I was making a joke, but that's awesome. It might actually <laughs> might have been a guitar now that I'm thinking about it. Mandolin. <sighs> yeah. But it was like it was the convention center as a whole was busy. And like registration was all the way at the, like, normally it's kind of in the middle. It was all the way at the end by the Goodell entrance. Really? Like, as far as you could get. Dang. So I had to walk, like, from one end of the building to the other. Wow, that is wild. It was, but the way they set it up, it, it ran very smoothly. Oh, con that big, they would have to... Um, this was the first year I ever did the uh, I ever did the, um, the pre-reg, like, kiosk thing. Mm-hmm. So... Normally, someone just generally gets good, gets my badge and brings it to me. But I went myself, and it it was just fast. It was yeah, great. Yeah, don't you, you get like an exhibitor mm-hmm. type thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize this, but uh, game game masters or whatever we're called get access to the dealer's hall before the general public. Nice. Really? Yeah. We were walking around when I was, it was like Saturday morning, and we went in there. It was before 10, and we're just walking around. Uh, me and my buddy Rick were just buying stuff and whatnot, and we're like, mm-hmm. We're like, we're just kind of just killing. And all of a sudden there's this announcement. In 10 minutes, the exhibitor hall will open or uh, will open up for the general public. And we're like, oh. And as I turn, we're walking past one of the doors to the outside of the room. And they're just, 
it's like Black Friday crowd of people <laughs> wow. waiting to come in. And I'm like, oh, whoa! <laughs> I wonder wow. why it wasn't so busy in here. <laughs> but it was a good time. There was lots of stuff. Um, there were a lot of games I wanted to play that I didn't really get a chance to play. Okay. Like I wanted to play Fireball Island because that looks a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I followed the, the Kickstarter on that. Yeah. That and like there's a like a bunch of, of expansions and stuff out for it now. I <laughs> wish I would have kickstarted it because it is expensive to buy on it its own. It is. Yes. Um, Did you know that it came with a single campaign D&D 5th edition, the Kickstarter version did? No. I did not the, know that. Set in the Fireball island area islands like universe huh yeah that's neat mm-hmm. i didn't know that yep um it was like the kickstarter was like a reasonable like 60 bucks it was like 60 or something. bucks but now it's like crazy yeah it's like right? 90 their or demo, their, or I, I didn't really get to see the price but the demo was busy all the time oh, like God. i really wanted to play it there was a there was a king of tokyo tournament going on and i really wanted to play that because i love that game mm-hmm. i love king of tokyo Plus, there was the giant version of King of Tokyo where you had like cardboard standees of the monsters that were like, oh, like excellent, four or five feet tall, <laughs> excellent, excellent, with like big dice to roll. Uh, let's see, what other goofy stuff did I see? Co- the cones of Dunshire. I wish, <laughs> I wish. I've seen other people try to make a game like that, and apparently none of the versions work right. But that was kind of the joke in the show. Yeah, I do have a cones of Dunshire T-shirt. <laughs> I should have wore it. <laughs> um, so, okay, what were some of the games that you did demo? Um, I played you... this one game called Proving Ground, and it was hard. Okay. And I was bad, and I lost. I was bad at it. You did not prove yourself. I did not. But apparently, it's like a single player, it's a single player game where you play against the game itself. Mm-hmm. And you are a, the story, I guess, is you're some heiress to the throne or something, but then like political Game of Thronesian powers kind of make it to where like you're labeled as a traitor or something and thrown into like a gladiator arena. Okay. So your goal is you have to defeat six opponents in this arena or whatever. And so you got your card with the middle and then you got like your opponent cards around and you have to roll dice. You have a minute and there's like a counter and stuff. You'll have a minute to roll these dice and stuff. Okay. But you can only roll them like in pairs of like matching and stuff. And you have to, at the end of the minute, you have to assign the dice to the cards. Mm -hmm. And if you do badly or if you don't assign enough dice to the different cards, they can attack you and deal damage to you and... I played it for a few rounds and I was like, I'm, I was my management was not good. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like a interesting little game, but it, it also sounds like a lot of micromanagement. Yeah, eh, kind of because you're also panicking against the timer of the one minute kind of thing. Sure. I played a game called Inoka. I ended up buying it, but it's basically rock paper scissors with cards. Oh, <laughs> nice! And with really neat uh, like squ- like squirrel warrior art. Oh, cool! Not not quite like like uh, like Redwall or, or or the Squirrel Squire or anything like that, but like like squirrels with like spears and shields and stuff, like just fighting each other or whatever. Cool. And the the game is you have three tactics: attack, defend, or taunt. And then like rock paper scissors, one beats the other and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then they all like the different ones have like hash marks next to them. And so even if you like maybe put up the same card or something, mm-hmm. whoever has the higher hash mark on the card oh so there's always a winner there's never there's a always tie. yeah there okay. yeah well sometimes there is ties because sometimes you play you the same the card exact same card. The exact okay. same card sure sure it's a fast little two-player game or i guess it's more than two-player too because i was reading the rules and there's like a battle melee version or whatever you battle play. royale yeah kind of <laughs> where you have a bunch of people together that was a fun little a- game a hundred people go in one person walks out <laughs> there are enough cards in that deck for that <laughs> Uh, that was a fun. Everybody little... gets one card. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun little profile, a uh, small profile game I liked. Cool. I played, or I didn't play, but I lo- I checked out this other game called uh, Adapt, and you are fighting fish, <laughs> and then you draw cards to uh, uh, see and basically evolve your fish. Oh, cool. There's like a nine, like a nine slot player mat or whatever, mm-hmm. and the goal of the game is to be the last surviving fish. And it's like a combination of, like dice slash card game. Okay. You got that, but then you got like dice. You got to roll too. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of expansions for that. I ended up getting the Cephalopod expansion because, <laughs> duh, yeah. fantasy sea creature expansion. Well, of course you got uh, it. Reptiles and turtles and creature, stuff expansion, sure. and uh, the biomech expansion, <laughs> where you could literally have a shark with a laser beam on its head. Perfect. Uh, but it it seemed like a cool little game. I wish the player mats were better. They're just folded up pieces of like folded up paper. Um, oh, okay. I'm probably just gonna go have them laminated. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for like play mats and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm, I love it when they like when they bring stuff like that out. Oh yeah, you know what? Putting just a little bit of effort into mm-hmm. your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it goes a long way. Like there were sure. a few games I looked at. I was like, I'm like, do you have a play mat? And they're like, yeah or no. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the 
best things I bought, and it's not even really so much a game itself, was uh, the BoardGaming.com people, or BoardGamingTable.com people, mm-hmm. that build those really fancy like game tables and stuff. Yeah. They were running like a special. If you signed up for their email newsletter, you could get one of these giant gaming backpacks for like $20. Oh, wow. Okay. And this thing is huge. <laughs> like, it's super deep. Okay. And uh, I got one. I'm like, and I ended up putting some, like, when I was leaving, I put some of my luggage in it. Really? To, like, just free up a hand space. Wow. Impressive. It's a very impressive bag. It's a very nice bag, actually. I was like, oh, okay. Awesome. You could definitely fit some, like, big games in there. Um, Not Gloomhaven, though. The Gloomhaven box would fit in it. Seriously. Yeah. That's it might be one bag. of the only games you put in there, but yeah. you could fit the Gloomhaven. The That's Gloomhaven. a big bag. <laughs> there were lots of people playing Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven like, is the size of a child's coffin. <laughs> it's one way of describing it. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a that's a dark take on it. <laughs> it's a it's a it's an image. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it really the, paints a picture. Yeah, but that, the Gloomhaven doesn't play though. That box is huge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to that game. It's a meaty meaty game it's pretty rad i've only played it once and we didn't finish the scenario that we were doing but i enjoyed it it's very cool Mm -hmm. i guess according to like the 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 event book and stuff there was a twilight imperium tournament and stuff going on oh wow that's a bit that's another big one yeah i and i played that game a lot not not quite child coffin size no the box is huge but the gameplay itself takes hours (laughs) like people want to complain about risk or monopoly no. Well, yes, those are the two games you think of when you think of long games, Risk and Monopoly. They know that's really that's what they really do. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, I'm not like, I mean, the I was lo- smiling when I said that, but I wasn't making a joke. Monopoly is a terribly long game. The the I think the longest Twilight Imperium game I've ever played was like 12 hours and I wanted to stab myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the shortest one I think I've ever played was like 6 hours. Come I've heard on. of other people getting it knocked out in 4. Wow. That's still four hours of one game. I've only ever finished one game of Monopoly in my entire life. I mean, me and my sister used to rock, knock them out all the time. It goes a lot quicker if you play without the uh, buildings. Mm. If you just go straight, okay. Who runs you, out of money? Who want, runs out of money first? You're not buying and trading buildings and like mm. hotels auctioning. and stuff. Yeah, auctioning. You don't really do that. Yeah, you could knock out a, a game of Monopoly in an hour and a half if you... If you really put your mind to it. Uh, I don't know. I feel if you don't have the buildings, though, you can't drain the cash. Fast enough. Fast. Yeah. Fast. At that point, you're just going around the, the circle, table. the yeah. table over and over. I mean, it, it does go a little smoother. Though, if you have more players, you're less likely to put buildings out because you're less likely right. to own multiples of the, of the same color True. or whatever. Right. Uh, right. Let's see here. I saw, and i kind of kicking myself for not getting it, but they had the, the Nicktoons... Like Nickelodeon Battle Miniature Board Game or whatever. Huh. Oh. Yeah. I uh, didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, I remember when the Kickstarter came out, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But like, yeah, you build the board and stuff, and everyone picks a character they want to play as or whatever. Like, seriously, it's like Sponge... It's like everybody. Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, Rocco, SpongeBob, <laughs> like all kinds of characters. And then they had the Reptar expansion, which had a giant Reptar figurine in it. Excellent. <laughs> and that, that sold out, but the... The, but the base game didn't. Oh, so I'm like, I wonder if that's just a bunch of Kickstarter people who didn't go in for the rept or the Reptar one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to think. I bought a handful of artwork from some artists that I like. I bought some artwork for the the Anoka card game. Oh, sure. Uh, the artist herself was there. Um, I didn't get them signed, but kind of kind of wish I would have. I bought some really cool Zelda art. Oh, cool. Uh, from these guys down in Tennessee. I see them every year anyway. Uh, they come to the Renaissance Festival every year. Mm. Uh, they have like a permanent booth. Oh, wow, awesome! Uh, the Aerodonti Studios, uh, Mike and Paul. But huh, I, I don't. Huh. I've been to the Ren Fair, and I like if you don't come around. That if you come around uh, to the right side of the fair, there's kind of like that artist alley kind of area, kind of near the pirate ship and stuff. They're there, but they like they're brothers, and they have both really distinct art styles. Like uh, Mike does a lot of like horror themed art. He does mm-hmm. like a lot of like things like that, and then Mike or then Paul does. A lot of video game art or themed art, and he there for a while. He was I'm I'm not sure if he still has the license or not, but he was an official Wheel of Time artist huh. for the book series. Oh wow! And so like he was he was able to do all this like really cool Wheel of Time art and sell. He was really excited about that because he loves that book series. 
Man, I wish they would have built the streets in at the Ren Fair facing the other direction because the way it is now, you get fully blasted with the sun. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know we're not talking about the Ren Fair right now, but last time I went, it was just like you're walking directly into the sun the whole time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I typically, I try to go early in the morning because if you don't, that exit gets clogged to no end. If you want to get there right about when they open. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about because as soon as you're going up that right side of the, uh, actually either side of the fair, you're just getting nailed, and then by noon that back row is just just a sea of people. Yeah, I go to the rent fair a lot, so I know exactly what you're talking about. The, the jousting is so rad. Oh, it's I know, so rad. And it's the fact weird. that it's like it's not staged jousting. Either. Yeah, it's it's, it's real. full contact, get knocked on your butt. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they now have a uh, VIP seating. Really? Like before the joust, you can spend a little extra money and you get the VIP covered seating so you're not sitting in the bleachers in the sun and they give you like a drink and you get like a little colored pennant to like wave around (laughs) you get the medieval times experience you kind of do except Uh, for uh, that it's real (laughs) and there's no food yeah and then at the end one of the or the knights will come into the vip stands and sit and talk with you and you ask them questions and stuff it's really cool anyway origins (laughs) if you pay a little more the knights will give you a kiss Their lords sitting in the corner counting <laughs> counting coins, wearing a fuzzy hat with a cane. <laughs> I hear you're looking for a night time. A night to remember. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so that was a thing. Uh, beyond that, Origins was was a blast. I don't know if I want to volunteer next year or if I just want to go and just be a regular con goer again. That was my feel after after I did GDEX because I didn't really get to do anything. Yeah, you you do you work here <laughs> you work what you're supposed to do. You, you'll get out a little bit maybe. Yeah, I mean it's a great time. There's but there was so much I wanted. I didn't even play Werewolf this year. Really? Normally, no, you always play you always Werewolf. Play Werewolf. I know. I generally always get at least a game of Werewolf in, and I didn't this year. I almost bought a Werewolf ribbon too, so I wouldn't have to pay the tokens every time I went. But I didn't, and that's on me. It was just a blast, and just seeing so many people. There was, a, and they had a lot of authors and stuff there too, like doing book signings and whatnot. Sure. Uh, the one I remember mostly was uh, Mercedes Lackey. She writes. She writes a bunch of fantasy books. That and name sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, I I personally it's didn't know about it's a car. <laughs> what? It's because that's a car. That's why it sounds oh. Mercedes. <laughs> yes, that's that's it. Yeah. And we're right lacking yeah. them. We are a, we are all lacking in Mercedes. Yes, <laughs> I will agree. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they had like a like a author meet and greet area off to the side that was kind of neat. Cool. That's cool for a like it's like it that. feels yeah. like it's just, it's getting bigger. And there was actually a handful of cosplayers this year too. Normally, I don't really see many. Yeah. But I did, I mean, I still wasn't a lot because it's not really that kind of convention, right. but there were some. Like, I saw a at least one furry. And there are, Har- there's always at least one. Yeah. And a Harley Quinn. Again, there uh, always <laughs> is at least one. A couple Naruto's. There was no Deadpool, was there? Those Naruto's, that's just how they dress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know if I saw a Deadpool or not. See, I would only allow a Deadpool into Origins if he had the Beyblade card thing. The the, you mean Yu-Gi-Oh, the Yu-Gi-Oh thing. The Yu-Gi-Oh card. The Yu-Gi-Oh thing. the Yu-Gi-Oh disc thing. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. That weird dumb arm blade. <laughs> it's it's time to die. Anyway, uh, man, magic was Magic the Gathering was flying the whole time. I'm sure was popping off. Yeah. It was pop yeah, it was popping off. Wizards of the Coast stuff, probably. Did they have a booth? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, Wizards of the Coast is magic and oh, D Like there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Was was Kate Welch of the of the C team and also works for Dungeons and Dragons there? I don't know. She's cool. I like her. I didn't go up I didn't go upstairs to the Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and uh, Dragons area this year. Hmm. I should have. Generally they have something I just I my mind was such a just a rush this year. I felt like I didn't really do a whole lot, yeah. Other than work the demo. Yeah, it's one of those times where you did everything, but didn't feel like you did everything. <laughs> like, yeah, kinda. You were busy, but not in the way you really would have preferred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, you know, get to go to the convention for free and everything. And mm. granted, to be fair, a, a full Origins pass for like the whole week is sixty bucks. 
not bad. That's not at bad all. at all. It's not bad. Especially that's, if it's three rooms. <laughs> yeah, that's a day pass at Wizard World. Yeah. Yeah. It might be more now. I don't even know. Who knows? Depends on if they got Jason Momoa that year or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much my experience there. Well, well, awesome. I'm glad it was a good time. I'm glad it was a good experience for you, man. Yeah, and I can't wait for my my cogs and commissars to come. Oh, there we so go. So we can play that. That's gonna be. That was one of the. That, that was one of, probably one of my more positive experiences. Like I saw the game there, and I didn't buy it when I was there. I was like, oh, that, I mean, that looks cool. And then when I went back on Sunday, I'm like, well, I kind of want that game. So I went and to go buy it, and they were completely sold out of the deluxe edition that I wanted. And I was like, well, that stinks. But then I was talking to a guy, and it turned out he was the president of the company. He like hands me his card and he goes, "Hey, look, I know we got some in the warehouse. You know, shoot me an email later and we'll get you one." I'm like, "Cool." And he was very fast and very like I got home, I emailed him yesterday and it was like, "Boom, here's your here's the PayPal request. We'll have it to you out and it'll be here Thursday." Wow, that's impressive. I know. Yeah. I'm like, "That is Man, that is cool. some top-notch customer <laughs> now service." Now that is I, that service. That <laughs> is service. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about some news. Nerd Overload is a show produced under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization, Marion Community Radio WZMO. To help with our fundraising, we have become a member of Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon exists because when creators are paid, they can create more amazing things. Things that inspire us, teach us, challenge us. Things that make us laugh. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Exactly, Jack. If it weren't for patrons, we wouldn't have Romeo and Juliet or Mona Lisa, Mozart, Shakespeare, Da Vinci. They all had patrons. What can I do to help Nerd Overload? Patrons set a monthly subscription-style payment for the level of membership they want. Where do I go? Thousands of creators and creative teams are using Patreon to run their business their way. So if you're a professional creator, start a page and give your fans the opportunity to become patrons. Patreon.com slash nerd overload now.
Hey, we're back. That was Walk of the Dinosaur by Was Not Was. Appropriate band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you... what if they're still around and they've got like three sequels to Walk the Dinosaur and they just never catch on? Walk the mammoth and then Run. walk walk the prehistoric ape. Run the dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Jog the dinosaur. Speed walk the dinosaur. Saunter the dinosaur. <laughs> Run the dinosaur featuring Run the Jewels. <laughs> and run DMC. And run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> run this way. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Uh, all right. Anyway, so, let's anyway, talk about the news. Let's get in some news. Not make horrible jokes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what we're good at, though. That's true. Uh, what do we want to start with? Well, you know, dinosaurs are kind of monsters, kinda. I mean, this is a stretch. And Monster Hunter does feature a lot of dinosaur-like monsters. That's very true. So Monster Hunter. Yeah. So Monster Hunter, for folks who don't know, is a game put out by Capcom. It's a pretty big franchise. At least it it started over in Japan, was really big, and then it kind of crossed over, and it's gotten really big here. The the latest one, Monster Hunter Worlds, is getting their first bit major DLC. Yep. And um, the beta for that is starting on PlayStation 4 very soon. Right. And it was a huge success. And it's a huge success. It was the first time it really got a foothold in America. Yeah. So, um, and in it, you play a, a general, like a generic NPC. And it, you, an, RP, an RPG character you build. Yep. That you go and fight monsters in order to get their bits to build better armor to fight more dinosaurs and monsters it's and a vicious it's, it's a it's a vicious cycle it really is you're a big game hunter in a monster world yeah so that's the loop the gameplay loop it, the gameplay loop is the game in this yeah sense. and there is next to no plot so what's the natural next progression of this you make a movie out of it with with paul ws anderson with, of course <laughs> legendary hack paul ws anderson <laughs> And who do you get to star in your Paul W.S. Anderson movie? That's right, his wife, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to see her in other movies that it, are good. It would be nice. I mean, she's in The Fifth Element. That was so long ago. I know, I love that movie. Ago. I mean, it's a, it's probably one of my favorite movies, but it <laughs> has been a long time. It's the best movie she's in. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. So... Unlike those, like, what, 800 Resident Evil films? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a trailer that leaked for this Monster Hunter movie. From Japan. From Japan, and... It's a teaser trailer, too. Yeah, it's not very long. Yeah, but it had enough. It had uh, Tony Jaa as the hunter. The monster hunter. He is the monster hunter. You didn't know it, but the title, it, the game has been named after him the whole time. It's, yeah. <laughs> was he the one with the big jawbone sword? He was. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, this... This game series has no plot, so I don't know what exactly they're going to be doing with this movie to give it some kind of plot. But you act again, like the Resident Evil films had plots. But then again, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was just going to say Anderson did make a, about a bajillion Resident Evil movies out of that didn't that even game follow the game's plot, Not even a little so, bit. Yeah. Like the first one was kind of there, and then they just go further and further away. And the thing is, Resident Evil does have a plot. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a story, <laughs> but hey, you know what? In that case, this might be a boon because now uh, the director doesn't have to, and the writers don't have to try yeah. to make a movie fit into you can't a be, plot. You can't be disappointed on that front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like Mila Jovovich is there, and she's always she's always good. Though she looks pretty much the same as she has in every other film she's yeah. done in the last. She, She's 12 not, years. She's not one of the monster hunters. No, she is generic American soldier? Gun, gun soldier. Because they, they're taking the same direction as the the much-loved Sonic the Hedgehog film. And the Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. <sighs> where you take real-life, real-world people and put them into Monster Place. Yeah. Which, to be fair, for the Mario movie, that kind of was the plot of the original Mario. A little bit. At the time. At the time. They've retconned the whole from Brooklyn thing. Yeah. But at the time that movie came out, it was... It was still... It was accurate up to the point where they went into the pipe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would... Much like my my strange movie life hack with the... Lost in Space movie. Mm. I have a similar one for the Super Mario Brothers movie. They're not basing the movie off of the game. They're basing it off of the Captain Lou Albano Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Mm. 
Swing your arms from side That's to side. That's true, because those, that Mario and Luigi has no Mushroom Kingdom connection whatsoever. Zero. They live in, in the Bronx, and they have a lot of run-ins with pseudo-celebrities. Yeah. Don't they Don't they actually go into the pipe, though? The cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, when it's live-action sequences with Captain Lou Albano and Danny Wells, they, yes, I know who they are. I know their names. Yes. They, yeah, they don't. Oh, man, do, do you anything. remember when they had, like, was... legit Inspector Gadget on there looking oh, for yeah. repairs? Mm-hmm. That was, like, one of the best celebrity cameos. It was pretty great. I, I always assumed it either took place before or after. Yeah, that's like true. Super like Mario Brothers. It, like, it just feels like he's just telling the stories of his adventures or yeah. whatever. Did you ever watch that clip where Mario said the F word? Yes. Yes, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> huh. he, 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 well, Captain Lou was uh, a wrestling promoter yeah prior to the being on the show and there they were ad-libbing something and luigi says something and he goes back well yeah uh, you luigi oh. and they, they didn't catch it they didn't catch and... it because he said it real quick yeah. oh yeah anyway yep. so this monster hunter movie monster hunter movie it's probably not going to be good i mean it, it might be fun it looks visually interesting it could potentially be one of those bad good movies yeah i mean they one of the characters looks like the the female lead they keep tying into the Monster Hunter World games with the goggles and the hair and the Yeah. Yeah, it looks visually right. I, yeah. It's just it's a shame that they decided that it needs this like real world tie in plot. Yeah. But that could lead to super hokey as hell scenes and I'm I'm here for that. I just hope it doesn't affect the uh, the future games. Like I don't want to. Oh. F- I don't want to fight monsters in real world in, in, in New York City. We won't see that because how much effect did the movies have on the Resident Evil game series? I mean, you're not wrong, but I also think Capcom was smart. Well, it is also Capcom. This is also Capcom. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think we're good. Then. Yeah, I think. We're Never good. mind. Capcom, <laughs> worry averted. Capcom knows how to milk money out of bad movies they've done it since street fighter so <laughs> this is common ground for every time street fighter plays on tv they make like a million dollars hey 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 when we saw the street fighter movie that was the most important day of our lives but to capcom it was friday <laughs> oh that's good i made the joke you got <laughs> it you got it someone was going to <laughs> all right so hey uh while we're talking about movies with like surprising like Twist? Plot elements and twists or splits, perhaps? Splits. Oh. Uh, you guys remember the banana splits? No? I mean, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, because not a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> it was an old kids show, live action kids show from the 70s? I think mid 70s, I think. Early mid 70s. Okay, yeah. so, so kind of like, um, oh man. HR Puff and stuff. Yeah, HR yeah. Puff and stuff. That was the one I was trying to think I, of. I, yeah. It's it's the Hanna-Barbera version of HR Puff and stuff, which means it's HR Puff and stuff but incredibly cheap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, why are we talking about banana splits? Because they're making a movie and it's not going to go the way you think it is because it's a sci-fi straight to video horror film. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of wild because it it's l- a legit franchise with a legit like licensing thing. Yeah. Like in any other universe this would be like someone going, "Oh, we took inspiration from shows like HR Puffin stuff yeah. and the Banana no. Splits and came up with our own thing." Yeah. Well, I mean like Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's. Yeah, pretty much. Like with Evil Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it, in any other universe it would be called like the the Strawberry Blizzard. Yeah, Gang. that's it. Mm, like it, that it, it sounds would, delicious. Yeah, it would be close, but not quite. But for some reason, this happened. Like the rights holders to Banana Splits were like, "Sure, yeah, make them all murder. Yeah, make make them all killer robots. <laughs> yeah, guess what? It's basically Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. Yeah, kinda. It's like with actual characters. Yeah, it looks like they're having like their last television performance or something and they start kidnapping kids out of the audience and murdering people yeah to keep the show going forever or something yeah and like they get tore up and stuff and you can see their robot bits underneath just like the five nights and freddy's (laughs) games yeah it's very much a knockoff on that but you know what they've taken forever with that movie so So they might as well yeah 
but I, this is this is wild. Just the fact that they're using the license. Yeah, I mean, it's right wild. up there. If they would have got like I don't know, like the Chuck E. Cheese franchise or the McDonald's gang, or like did a it knockoff, but it was called Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I already had a fear like that. <laughs> Thanks for reinforcing that one. I always liked Bozo when I was a kid. I don't know. I like that game where they throw the ping pong ball. I was just going to say the ping pong toss the, game. The grand prize game, uh-huh. I think is what it was called. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was some thrilling television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edge of your seat stuff, I tell you. The homie don't play that horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> homie the clown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Only the killer that, that, clown. That, that was in living color, right? That was. Oh God. yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Jim Carrey's launching point. Yeah. Back when he was James Carrey. Really? Yeah. Yep. If you look at the credits, it says James Carrey. James Carrey. Yep. Oh, fun fact! I learned about this on Twitter today. Richard Donner directed some of the Banana Splits episodes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Or at least someone named Richard Donner. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming it's the Superman guy. You know, there is an easy way to look this up, but I refuse. Yeah, I I'm think... just going to continue to believe it's the Superman Live guy. Living this truth. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So anyway, yes, Banana Splits horror movie, straight to DVD, Blu-ray. Any, sure. Anytime I saw the Banana Splits on TV as a kid, and I'm talking like, you know, 12, <laughs> whenever it was on Cartoon Network or whatever, I'd be like, You'd have to be high to enjoy this, was my my reaction to it. <laughs> They're all like that. Yeah. H.R. Puff and Stuff, Puff the Magic Dragon. H.R. Puff and Stuff, I'm pretty sure they were high. I mean, it um, was English. Lidsville? Mm, I don't, I don't know remember that one. that one. Oh, that's another Sid and Marty Croft live action show oh, where they're okay. all hats. Everybody has hats. Oh. Or not has hats, everyone is hats. Oh, huh. Sid and Marty Croft always struck me as like the n- nasty Muppets. Kind of. Like, not nasty like adult, but nasty like cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the Big the, Lots Muppets. The, the GoBots of mm-hmm. Muppets. Yeah. Yes, the GoBots of Muppets. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thing that kind of came out of like left field. <laughs> uh, speaking of other movies that came out of left field um, and things that we didn't know we really needed, apparently there's a sequel to The Shining? Kind of? I mean... It's been it, a book for a while. Yeah, it's been a book, but they're making a movie of it. I mean, it's Stephen King. They mine his books for movies for like, and they will for like forever. Yeah. Sure, sure. Eventually, all his books will eventually be movies. Yes. And he never stops writing. He's always writing. Just constantly. constantly him and his son. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Dr. Sleep is the story of grown-up Danny Torrens from mm. The Shining, yep. who uses his psychic powers to solve crimes, and he meets a, another psychic girl. He and uses his psychic against, powers to help people die. die. Something like that, yeah. He's kind of got a Kevorkian thing going on. Right. And I never read the book, so I'm then not really like a, deep into it. There's something with like a cult that's kidnapping psychic children, and he has to save the kids with the Shining. The sh- Which? The Shinnin. <laughs> I was the getting ready to say the Shinnin. Like one of the best <laughs> treehouse of horrors. Yeah, yeah. it really is. <laughs> But uh, the interesting part of this is the fact that it says it's based off the book, but also takes a lot of imagery from the movie, from the Stanley Kubrick movie, which Stephen King has been historically at odds with. Yes. I wonder if he, if the production company, I don't know who's making the movie, if they met, like, met with um, King and came up with some kind of compromise saying, listen, we'll put, like, 85% 85% of your book into this, but we listen, we got to tie it into the movie. But I actually read an article or skimmed an article mm-hmm. that said both the Kubrick, Kubrick estate and the Stephen King and his people were are totally cool with this film. They, sure, because it's going to make them a bunch yeah, of money. That's exactly what I thought afterwards. It's like, well, it's probably for the money. Yeah. But they, they are both like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> So, well, here's the thing. When most people think of The Shining... They think of the movie. Yeah, yeah. they think of that movie. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, Stephen King is a very popular horror author and will always be. Mm-hmm. But but Jack's weapon is iconically going to be an axe forever and not the croquet mallet it was in the book. Right. Yeah, and like the visuals of that film, like, the you know, the, the bloody elevator, so that strong. carpet. Yes. Everything, like... 
Kubrick might have been a madman, mm-hmm. but he did make a lasting effect on pop culture as yeah, a whole. The visuals Agreed. in that movie are so strong, there's no way you could ever overwrite them with anything else. Agreed. I mean, heck, I think one of the seasons of American Horror Story takes some visual cues. I'm sure it does. Well, in Castle Rock, um, it's got Jack Torrance's like niece, and she is constantly shown with an like callbacks with an axe and not mm. a croquet mallet. And you know this uh, this trailer looks like it's pulling a lot of uh, visual elements, not just scenes directly lifted from the movie The Shining, but like static shots and like the tone of mm-hmm. of some of, of a lot of the shots. Oh the, yeah, seem to match pretty music. Yeah, the music. Yeah, for yeah sure. that was a good one. That goes a long. I mean, way. come on, when he like peers through the hole, the 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 axe torn hole through the door and everything. Yeah, come on. Yep. I mean, I'll be interested to. I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I think. Otherwise, this would be a fairly unremarkable Stephen King. Just put it on the list. Yeah, but with adding in the fact that they're mixing up the the two sources in this way kind of makes it a lot more interesting. Makes than it very it would be otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes. Uh, I mean, I'll go see. I mean, it. What the from heck? A, from an art direction, like not even being a fan of the books themselves, just from an art direction standpoint, it's gold. It's magic. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, it does look like an interesting movie. A lot of the shots are very interesting, you know, like with the whole sliding across the floor and everything. And mm-hmm. Which reminds me of that other Stephen King. That Was it 1408? Oh, I love yeah, 1408. That's, that's, a really good, good. that's a good movie. The movie yeah. based off his short story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson getting in his, getting in his one F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> You Always. get one. Yeah. You get one you in get a PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're gonna have Sam Jackson, he has to be the one that says it. Oh, sh- oh, of course. <laughs> but that's a good movie. That's a really it is good a really movie. good movie. If, yeah. if you've missed out on that one, it's a it's a good it's a good one. Yep, is what they say. <laughs> so tell me about the Telltale Minecraft story mode. So Telltale Games, as we all know, has uh, gone out of surprise, gone out of business uh, yep. almost, probably almost a year ago. About a year ago, point. yeah. Um, but their games are still kind of nebulously floating around out there, um, including Minecraft Story Mode, which is going to be completely removed from any service you bought it on here coming uh, shortly. Uh, end of July is what I heard. Yeah, you're not going to be able to buy these games or even re-download them if you've already bought them. They're... It's going the way of PT. This, yeah. They're just going to disappear. Because of rights issues. Yeah. They don't know who really owns it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, on was it the Microsoft Store? Yeah. Okay, so on the Microsoft Store, they decided, okay, for the people who have previously purchased the game and deleted it but want to re-download it. it before it disappears forever they have to put it back in the store in order for this for the people to re-download it but they didn't want people to buy it so they priced each chapter at a hundred dollars a pop <laughs> that was their solution that apparently was... there's no way to list a, like, a game on xbox store, game store or whatever without having it be available to purchase yeah so they've put out so when they listed it, they put in a couple of different places like Facebook and Twitter, hey, this is what we have to do. We urge you to not buy this game yeah. because if you do, you will be charged the full amount. And to buy to give you an idea, in order to get the entire game that is available. All the episodes. You know, going from buying them at full price now, what is full price now, you would be paying upwards of $700 for one lackluster story mode game. Yeah, it's not it's not that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even that good. It's not it's really not. But it's just it's just insane to me that they would do something like that. And it's it shows that they are hoping that at least some people they're hoping to make a little bit of money off of this yeah. at the last minute. They're they told people to not buy it. They're expecting some people to buy it because if if they really wanted people to not buy this game, $100 while it's a lot, is still a feasible amount of money. Mm-hmm. They should have priced them at like the absolute maximum that the Xbox Game Store could do it. Like just all nines all or, the way across. Yeah. Just code in a non-purchase button, just a download button. If you already had the, yeah, code in some way to to hide it from the store. But that would require Microsoft having to go through and change their coding for their entire store entire front. store, where yeah. it's easier for them to just slap an arbitrary high price. But again. 
put it at nine nine nine. Because if you could put a hundred, you, you could put you could yeah. you could put nine nine nine. Make each chapter a thousand bucks. Then no one will buy it, and they won't have to, you won't have to worry about people go getting gypped. Yeah, this kind of seems like we're trying to secretly make some scarcity dollars. Trying to make some last minute bucks. Yeah, yeah. Like they're scalping digitally. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is setting a bad precedent. So <laughs> when when Telltale went out of business, I knew something like this was going to happen. Yeah. So I made sure that I own hard copies of both seasons of both Sam and Max. Mm-hmm. And um, the Monkey Island games, in case I ever want, and Strong Bad, and Strong Bad, in yeah. case I ever wanted to play them again. So yeah. now I have those because I knew it crap was going to hit the this fan. This was going to happen. Which reminds me, I need to get a hard copy of the last season of Sam- the Devil's Playhouse, Sam and Max. Yeah, well, you can find it in places. That's true on internet. There, it's it's available, and it's on Steam still. Really, I think as long as you. I don't know if you can buy it, but I think you can still download it. Okay. Steam is actually good about that. There's games I have that don't exist anymore. That Lego Universe, mm-hmm. that old Lego MMO that didn't last very long, I could still download oh, that on Steam if I wanted. Really? It, oh, you can still buy that on Switch. I see it at the store all the time. No, the Lego Lego Universe. Not oh, Lego, Lego Universe, not Lego Worlds. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. I could still download that if I wanted to. It doesn't work, but... You know, yeah. I own the you right to get it, get it yeah. if I want it. I tell you, Steam really has the best uh, digital game marketplace. Uh, they've been doing it the longest. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that their their developer. Yeah, maybe well, I shouldn't talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, their their marketplace is way better than the Epic Store. Have you heard about the Epic Store stuff? All that trash. Yeah. yeah. How how well one their their store is bad, and two they keep snatching up like uh, exclusivity rights with a bunch of games because they have infinite Fortnite what, money. They have infinite Fortnite money and they're planning for the eventuality that they will no longer have infinite Fortnite money. So they want to get as many exclusive games as they possibly it's like, can. It's like they're holding them hostage and they're basically holding steam in a Mexican standoff to go, Hey, I mean, this part's kind of cool, but like, you know, kind of change some of your policies. And here's the thing. They're throwing so much money at like small developers. I heard a article, uh, a story about this. There are some like indie developers, like the people who did Hades, the the new one that just came out a little bit ago. It's the uh, Bastion people. Yeah, it, I believe they, they said that they were offered so much money from the Epic Store to be exclusive that they could not sell a single game ever and still come out in the black. <laughs> That's dumb. That's wild. And oh, this is even better. I I. This isn't on the board, but I, I heard this about this too. They approached the guys who did Samurai Showdown, the new Samurai Showdown that's coming out soon. And to the guy's credit, he said, no, we will not be exclusive on your platform. That is crazy. And before you go, yeah, great integrity. The reasoning is, he said, why would we give up millions of downloads elsewhere? <laughs> yeah. There is never going to be a world in which the fighting game Samurai Showdown is going to sell millions of copies. It's true. That's never going to happen. It's true. I mean, don't get a- me wrong. I like the Samurai Showdown series. I do. Oh, and this new game looks dope as hell. Oh, I but, know. But like, there's absolutely no, no way on earth Street Fighter doesn't sell millions of yeah, copies. Yeah, and that's the big, other than Mortal Kombat, that's the big fighting game. That's the big one, and it doesn't do hardly anything. Fighting games are very niche. Well, listen, yeah. I, 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 I applaud the guy's integrity, but I believe his... His his uh, uh his account, faith his accountant was going no <laughs> his his faith in his in his game may be misplaced a tiny bit. I mean, I get the point of you know not wanting to alienate your yeah. customers or whatever, but at the same time, it's kind of like mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. not going yeah. not going Epic Store at this point might get you enough good faith points with the community. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. Yeah, there's people that, that have said, oh, yeah, I'll buy this game twice. I'll buy it wherever it shows up yeah. now because I support them. I mean, here's the funny thing is, like, I don't think a lot of people remember that, like, Epic Games used to be, you know, the Gears of War people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here's, okay, here's the they other thing. with used to be the Jazz Jackrabbit people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here's, okay, the last thing about this Epic Store thing, and this kind of ties in with uh, Kickstarter as well, and it kind of shows you the problems with Kickstarter. Well, yeah. Shenmue 3. Oh, was a Kickstarter game. That's right. When it was in its Kickstarter phase, it promised backers on multiple formats. PS4, on Xbox, Steam, on Steam. They specifically said Steam. 
and then they turned and got all this gobs and gobs and piles of money, more money than they could ever need to develop this game. Especially when it still looks like a Dreamcast game. Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere, though, that is purposeful. Oh, Oh, well, I can get behind okay, that. Okay, well, that's, that's fine. But <laughs> if it's an artistic decision, then okay. <laughs> anyway, they took all this money from fans, people who legitimately wanted this this game made, and then signed an exclusivity deal with Epic Games to the point where, again, they could not they could refund everybody from the Kickstarter <laughs> in full if they wanted to, and still have more than enough to develop the game and sit on a mountain of cash. And, and here's the thing, because their Kickstarter said Steam, people are talking about a class action lawsuit against the developers of Shenmue 3 for false advertising because... I, I think they got ground and on they that. And they have one. a case. Yeah, it they is, absolutely it, have a it case. It is a precedent. Yes. I've got a game coming out on Steam uh, in October, but if <laughs> you, but Epic, if you want to change that, uh, hit me up. <laughs> hey, Cliffy B. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. At, no, not Cliffy B. At CT Pinnock <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, hit, me, hit me up. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's kind of nuts how, and this kind of, this isn't really related. It's like, it's more just kind of epic in general. Mm-hmm. How one game, which was a non original idea, stolen code, or not so much stolen code, but stolen concept, concept, concept. turned epic from just being kind of a, just a, run-of-the-mill general game developer. They were a pretty big deal because of the Unreal Engine. Yeah, yeah, they were. No, don't... Yes, they, they are. They weren't hurting. That's they for weren't sure. hurting. That, that's for sure. And that's... But that's... I think I got them the, their foot in the door to be able to, to create this monstrous, almost gaming monopoly they've created. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article the other day they were talking about just like how the Battle Royale format maybe like... It might be burning out soon, which is fine. Because Fortnite has lost a lot of viewership on Twitch, you know, all kinds of. Th- There's all these numbers that support this theory. Yeah, I believe it. We've seen it so many times with MMOs, MOBAs. What was the other big hot thing they had there for uh, survival games? Survival games yeah. were big. Were a big burn. Which is kind of, in a way, f- uh, Fortnite's kind of an evolution of that concept. Yes, but- yes, but it's like. And you're right, they are banking on the fact that they're not going to have that amazing Fortnite money anymore. Mm -hmm. But also the fact that a game that has been early access forever, and the the fact that Fortnite's not even the, it's not even, it's not even its original form anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you could still play the save the world mode, but no one plays that. No one does. Yeah. It's all about the battle royale thing, and that's where you get all this money from. And yeah. they kind of did, and they definitely did players unknown battlegrounds dirty when they they did. did. They really did. Yeah. So we can all agree that Epic is shady. Yeah. Pretty shady. I hate to cut everybody off here. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. But yes. we have hit time. <laughs> We're actually over time a little bit. Yeah. So we got to wrap things up. We didn't get to talk about Pokemon controversy. Going to oh, have well. to save it for next week because I'm sure I'm just going to percolate and get hotter and angrier about it <laughs> in the week between now and the next time we record. Pokalate? Anyway, Pokalate. I'm going to percolate <laughs> on it. Yes. So anyway, you've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. Do you have social media? Because we know you do. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Nerd Overload Now. You can send us an email, staff at nerdoverload.com. Tell us your Pokemon opinion. Sure, let's hear them. Yeah, tell us what you think about the national decks being gone, and maybe we'll read it in the show. Yeah, excellent. YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Overload TV. That's right. You can also find the show on various podcast aggregators online, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Yeah, we have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash nerdoverloadnow. If you want to uh, help support the show and get the show a few days early, you can head on over there and check that out. We would uh, greatly appreciate it. We yes. really would. Uh, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his music at davidpencil.com. And uh, yeah, I think that pretty much is it. So again, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week. Pizza out.